Hi guys, welcome back. It's Chocolate. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Weed. Woo, 420 episode. Woo, 420, you guys. It is on Saturday. It's on Saturday, meaning... What does it mean? Smoke all you want. They, there you go, exactly. You ain't gotta go to work. I always am you curious... You gotta go to church. Who goes to church on Saturday? I know, just <laughs> felt like the right thing to say after work <laughs> i mean i guess it is a religion of sorts yeah right totally i'm sure and i'm always curious to know how people celebrate like i know a couple of my friends do what they call a weed marathon so they smoke 26.2 blunts or oh 26.2 joints jesus christ some people just eat weed like high-end weed cuisine all day Bacon bake yeah that kind of thing yeah. I, i'm always curious to know there's the bigs at least in san francisco hippie hill Right, becomes like covered. Oh, with I forget smoking. about that. Yeah, yeah it's huge in San Francisco. I wonder where the best city to celebrate 420 is. I know I've always heard San Francisco as far as being like a big 420 thing. And, Got it. You know, the best weed comes from NorCal apparently. Right, because here stuff. it just feels like every day is 420 here yeah. in SoCal, and, here in Los Angeles. Well, also too, I think the biggest thing with Los Angeles is what I've noticed is because there's so much traffic, people are always smoking. That's true. Because the one way to deal with traffic and not get mad. Smoke yourself out. Is to just smoke yourself out. Get smoked out and looked out. And also, you know, music sounds better. Like all this. You just kind of get to better. Yeah. yeah. You can munch on some things. I've during traffic during traffic is when I see the most people just like, you know, smoking in the car. That is true. Yeah. I get you. See, yeah. generally traffic is when I make phone calls that I can't carve out Me too. time for. So when I call my mom. Yeah. Call friends on the East Coast. Yeah, and it's, you know, like it, 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 time passes faster, but you're still, yeah. if you're Bluetooth, you're not, you know. True. Yeah, you're not uh, distracted from the steering wheel. True, anything. definitely. Anyways, you guys, we are going to take a different spin on this. Yeah. Because we thought, why not? Mm-hmm. And we learned a lot from bringing this episode to you guys Uh it was very fascinating for me as an Asian American. Yeah. So, like, I when we were playing this episode, I mentioned to Jackie, I didn't necessarily want to beat a dead horse and talk about why, in my opinion, 420 is problematic. That reason being because white people have been able to smoke weed and get away with it publicly for years, but black people have been imprisoned, or, I mean, people incarcerated. Of in general, people of color in general. Know, especially black people and Latinos. For sure. Most. For sure. Have been yeah. unjustly and unfairly incarcerated for even the smallest uh, possessions of weed. Crazy. I didn't want to beat that dead horse. Yeah. We wanted to go a different direction. Right. So. So first I'm going to start a little bit with, uh, I guess, news from at least how cannabis started becoming introduced in Asia or the history of cannabis, because uh, we're going to be completely talking about cannabis in the Asian American community yeah. in the Asian community in America is very different. When I say Asian community in America, I'm mostly talking about immigrants mm-hmm. that may not identify themselves with being Asian American, that there's a big generation gap as far as how they see weed, how they view weed, how they use weed. Most of them don't. Uh, yes. And we're going to be talking about our our. Asian community to the north, Canadians, yeah. Canadian Asians, yeah. which I don't think we have ever talked about on There's this show. There's a ton. That was huge news to me. I didn't yeah. realize that. Ah oh, man, my brother told me something about Canada where there's so many people from Hong Kong that they call like one of the cities like something Kong. Hmm. 
I'll have to find it later. Okay. Anyways, this article, there's a bunch of awesome articles, a lot of them coming from San Francisco. Um, this was um, an interview about two doctors in San Francisco uh, last year, but they had been actively trying to promote uh, sort of weed in in on the doctor's form side of it. Uh, but there was this just quick snippet uh, in the article that said, and this article is from splinternews.com, um, and said, ironically, ironically, because uh, cannabis is still highly stigmatized mm-hmm. in our culture, that uh, ironically, cannabis had been used in Chinese herbal medicine for thousands of years until Britain and other Western countries began heavily exporting opium. China in the 18th century, causing widespread addiction that devastated the Chinese empire. After the Communist Party took control in 1949, China's opium fields were destroyed and addicts sentenced to mandatory rehabilitation. So I think that sort of is the reason why there is such a hard line anti-drug stance. Mm -hmm. It's mostly illegal in all of Asia. Right. And you, you're severely punished. I also assume that there was such a hard line, no drug policy in a lot of Asian countries because Asian countries <clears throat> are really about mass productivity. Yeah. And so any sort of drug usage would hamper the, the progression Definitely. of I think productivity. In general, the Asian community does not tolerate drugs, right. even openly. You know, regard like behind doors or there's just not something that that we that we tolerate in general. So, but they do tolerate nicotine. I know, right? Which is weird to me in very high amounts. Yeah, like Chinese are heavy smokers, right? I can only speak for myself because I've seen mostly Chinese people, but in general, Asians smoke a lot, which throws me because I always feel like Asians are the more healthy. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're fine. Talk talk about. Ironically, yeah, no. Again, there was the nicotine. There's also alcohol. Like, are Asians are are not heavy drinkers, or are they? Uh, there's a nice chunk that are prone to be alcoholics. Okay, or, okay. Or you know, fame. There's a lot of famous Chinese liquors or alcohol that are very high content alcohol. Got it. So it's like known to be like the most alcohol content type. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Which, again, that shocks me. Like, if I'm thinking high productivity culture, alcohol? But I think, see, that's the thing, I think, with many people now that are saying, you know, you do drink, you smoke, but this plant that seems to be so evil, like, I think in Korean, the actual term for weed is called devil's plant. Oh. Yeah. And... If you look on the opposite side, opposite side meaning the beneficial factors of mm-hmm. CBD that don't get you high, um, what, what, why not? You know, yeah. if, if if Chinese medicine mostly is traditional Chinese medicine is mostly all herbs, right? Why not be able to use this herb to treat you? You know, a lot of old people with pains, arthritis, totally. there's so much out there that I think because of its highly stigmatized. Uh, and you know the generational and informational gap, gap between yeah. the two can can really cause some some weird feelings amongst everyone. Mm-hmm. In and, and I think so. That being said, it's still the 
nation's fastest growing industry and yeah. the most lucrative. I think right now it's worth at like $20 billion nationwide. Doesn't surprise me. And still, I think it's corporate beneficiaries are still white, wealthy, and male. Yeah. We can talk both ends on starting a business, mm-hmm. opening a shop, opening a growing, a plant, or however you want to say it. I'm not very good with these terms. Um, growing crop, we'll gro- say. Yeah, yeah. To, to smoking it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly are, it's easier to, to even grow an operation if you're white. Right. It's easier for you to get loans. It's easier for totally. all that stuff to come into play. That being said, though, I do think that the cannabis community is very, it's a tight-knit community, and I think they are very leery of people that are not of their community. Uh, that thing I that I will say. I see. Um, I have a boyfriend who's a glass blower, so he makes accessories for weed smoking. He doesn't sell drugs himself, but... He's been a part of that industry for so long, right. and he's told me that now you are getting the rich, white, wealthy men that, by virtue of being rich, white, and wealthy, and here's this business that's starting, they think I should have my piece of the pie. Of course. And the cannabis With community uh, exactly yeah. gives you a little insight into how rich, white, wealthy men think of themselves and think of where they should be. Right. But I mean, if you're a businessman, anything that's going to... Anything that, that that's going to be on the way to becoming mainstream and allow you to make millions of dollars, why wouldn't you then invest millions of dollars? Right. right? But I'm happy that the cannabis community is able, is easy, easily able to spot fakes and phonies. Oh, I see. So they're... they're yeah, I they see. push back. Like, you know that company MedMen? Yeah. They try to trademark... No, they tried to copy. It was either copyright or trademark the word cannabis. They're in Santa Monica. And it was a hard shutdown. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, Why wouldn't you even try? Because that is what rich, white, wealthy businessmen who are looking to make money off of a plant. Well, but but off of a, uh, a they're looking to make money off of a business that is still finding its footing right. and figuring out its ways. So they're still trying to get their piece of the pie. Right. So it's kind of, the, it is somewhat vulnerable. It is still vulnerable, sense. but the cannabis community is really protective of its community because for so long, those kinds of people, those rich, white, wealthy businessmen who didn't smoke weed, we didn't want to be a part of the quote, dirty hippie yeah. weed yeah. smoking community yeah. and turn their nose up at those right. people now all of a sudden want in but aren't trying but are trying to get in on their terms and on their means because let's be real like there's no money in brick and mortar weed stores at this point in the game there's so many of them especially in like los angeles california there's so many you got to get creative yeah there's no money in weed fashion because that's an over yeah an overly packed market you you know what i mean like you've got to figure out what your footing is of course and cannabis community is small, and it talks, and Interesting. word good. travels fast about who's fake, who's phony, who's in it for, to win it, who's, you know, huh. got a good ethos behind them. Right. Yeah. I'm glad. I am too, for sure. That's really important. Sorry, I feel like with... I totally cut you off. No, you like, no, no, no. Like, went on a little tirade about, Ugh! No, it's important. These... People need to know this. When my boyfriend and I uh, were at... We hung poolside at the Ritz after uh, I ran the LA Marathon. Wealthy white people. Totally not trying to brag, but I was hanging out in the hot tub, and there was a heavier set 
wealthy white dude, heavily tattooed, and like a more conservative looking Hispanic man. And this white guy was, they were basically trying to broker a deal about opening a weed store. And the white guy very clearly knew nothing. Mm. And the Hispanic guy very clearly knew a lot of shit. But this white guy was like, no, 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 I think I got this. I think I know. I think it should be here. I think it should be this big. And this, you could visibly see the Mexican guy being like, do yeah. you know what the fuck you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. to just be Mr. Cool Guy in the weed game, but yeah. not, you're not going to make any actual money. Yeah. Like, we're at that stage. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, that's interesting. With the generational gap between older Asian Americans, maybe they grew up here, maybe they didn't, mm-hmm. and Asian Americans. Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the fears that the older generation may have. Absolutely. Because I don't think that the fears are necessarily just an Asian, an older Asian generation fear. I think it's, I think that they could be pretty applicable to a lot of different races that have uh, more conservative views on drug usage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the fear of addiction and or increased drug usage. Yes. I can understand how that is a fear for any parent. Yes, that that is a fear. And there's also, I mean, I'm sure there's also some statistics to back that up that, you know, most people who ended up doing a lot of hard drugs began with weed. Right. You know, so there is a sort of like, not a catch 22, but this sort of like, but there's also a lot of people who started smoking weed and then just kept smoking weed. And I've liked Yeah. And like, I don't like the assumption that's, that is made of like, well, weed is the gateway drug. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that to me is a little bit of a cop out because young people and middle-aged people and old people can all buy illegal drugs on the street. I mean, drug dealers don't check IDs. Drug dealers will sell you an illicit drug if you have... If you want it. Yeah, exactly. You 12. Exactly. Maybe 10. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> I think there's also a fear that drugs will lead to mental health or mental instability issues. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Especially, well, I mean, I sometimes do get concerned if someone does... I have that slight concern about people or anyone really taking drugs at such an early age when the brain is still still forming. forming. And if you become addicted Mm -hmm. and your brain is still forming, I don't really know how that can affect the brain, but I I, I can assume possibly it does, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would assume... That's just something I have as as, as me normal. Which I think is a, a pretty sensible thought to have. Yeah. I don't know how much extensive research has been done on long-term marijuana, like long-term recreational and or long-term daily marijuana usage. Right. I couldn't figure that out. I couldn't find that on the internet. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to know the statistics in like, you know, 30 years, 20 yeah. or 30 years. I mean, the only thing I've heard is that it does possibly develop some sort of personality disorder. Uh, I've well, heard that. And smoking stunts your growth. Smoking weed stunts your growth. Smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee stunts your growth. Remember when you remember hearing that as a kid? Oh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like there's always some sort of like ooh, yeah, like oh, well, don't do that because this is gonna happen. Oh no, I mean like 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 I've only heard this from like someone who was smoking for like like every day for like fifty years or something. Had some sort of like mental like like a like a, some sort of. They were diagnosed with some personality, but I don't know if they already had it before. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, were were there... Just forget what I said. (laughs) Well, no, or or no, but super valid. But I would then ask that person, well, 
did you have were there were you ever checked out 50 years previously were there some like underlying issues because i think that it's very easy to blame a drug extended drug usage for Mm -hmm. mental instability but generally drug usage is a symptom Mm-hmm. And not the problem. Like right. generally, drug drug usage is the You're symptom of the a larger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, according to Psychology Today, people with substance use disorders are about six times more likely to commit suicide than the general population. Mm. According to Asian American Psychological Association, suicide is the eighth leading cause of death in the Asian American community. The culture of silence around the use and uh, around the use, uh, the culture of silence around the use and the culture of silence around mental illness are one in the same. And it is impossible to d- deny that the silence is harmful to the Asian American community. Mm. So I think that's a, another valid point to bring up. Yeah. I mean, what I can say, too, is most Americans at one point or another had their parents smoke weed. They went through and lived through the 60s and the 70s. That hit so my parents era. didn't. Oh, they didn't either? No, my dad's a judge. And so, and he knew he wanted to be judged from a really young age. And so as he a, could never, and yeah, he never did. As a black man growing up in that era, like, he never did. My mm. mom, I think, used it once, but my dad was as a hard no. Trust me, I have pressed him so really? many times. And he's like, yeah, no. That just was not a reality for me. What about your mom? You know, it took a bunch. It was like, well, have you? No, no, no. Yeah, but my, you know, my friend Kitty made me do it. It's like, okay, that's a cop out answer. Like the answer is yes. Just, just, just own Kitty. your shit. You know what I mean? But I, with my dad, it was always like a hard no because I wanted uh, a profession in law and. You couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then I guess that doesn't apply to you or me. <laughs> Sorry. But to most people, they, their parents have either smoked or smoked mm-hmm. and went through that era of, you know, the hippie era. Right. Free flowing hair. The the free love. Hair, yeah. Flower power. Uh, which I think when you are then an adolescent, it helps mm-hmm. if your parents find out or if you end up telling your parents or you can come open to them a little cleaner or if they find a joint in your car. But most Asian Americans or most Asians in general had never had that. Mm-hmm. And so if, per se, your Asian mom is cleaning your room and decides to find something that she has no idea what it is because she has never smoked in her life because she came from China or Taiwan or anywhere where it was illegal. Got it. She, she would have no access to it. True. And instantly. Or education about it. Education is key. more. Absolutely. And so I think with that being said... You know, if you find your son smoking the devil's plant, you know, you're going to think all kinds of things instantly without even really understanding. There's a lot of fear, Mm -hmm. I think, too, in the Asian community, a ton of fear of what that could lead to, like the gateway drug you said. Um, But also there's just not much education in general about drugs in the Asian community at all. And as a totally random side note, I think the Devil's Plant is a great band name. <laughs> for any listeners that are in a band looking for a hey name, guys, hey, go we got it. The Devil's Plant. Yeah, tonight. the Devil's are you Plant. Down? <laughs> You're welcome on behalf of Jackie and I. <laughs> However, attitudes are sort of beginning to change about mm. weed. Yeah, it's super exciting. It is really exciting. It's li- really what it is. I think is liberating. Yeah, it it really is. It's allowing someone someone put it into a really awesome way, but it's allowing most Asian Americans to sort of come out of this like green closet. Yeah, I guess you could say because for sure. Not only is it highly stigmatized and not allowed, 
So we think. Right. But to then be able to openly smoke and talk about it and make money off of it is even awesomer. But we've also got a ways to go in terms of the Asian American communities openness with the older generation and about. there's going to be a lot of pushback for sure well, there, there already is <laughs> yeah <laughs> for definitely a ton of pushback so just just to give you guys a couple of dates uh november 8th 2016 that was when california passed prop 64 aka the adult use of marijuana act and in october on october 17th 2018 canadians could legally buy and consume marijuana thanks to prime minister justin trudeau and so up north there is a concern from the older generation about the possible recreational drug usage that the younger generation um has with marijuana Mm -hmm. and the fears that it has stirred up so you really hit on the fact that there's not a lot of education yeah about marijuana there's the the residual fear that the the opium crisis the opium war um left on older generations i think there's also a fear of stepping outside the lines isn't a lot of asian american culture about restraint and obedience totally and being strict and having like you know being disciplined and all that stuff and having the model minority uh you know sort of also somehow come in through that yeah oh i didn't even think about the model minority aspect of it yeah um so i think it's this idea that like you don't get bad grades so why would you smoke exactly i see what you're saying it's the same thing i totally see what you're saying so up in canada michelle lee that is not her real name she's now a mother she says she could never disclose her use of marijuana to her mother who emigrated to canada from hong kong over 30 years ago a lot of times when she does try to talk to me about issues, it comes out as a lecture versus a conversation, she said. To save myself the hassle, I definitely keep a lot of things from her so I don't have to deal with it. I think it's partly personality, but also most Asian parents from her generation are like that. There is my life and then there's my life with my parents. Those are two separate things, mm, Yes, says Andrea Tam, another Canadian resident. For some reason, even though I almost, for some reason, I'm almost turning 40, I still seek their approval. Tam said she could never discuss marijuana with her parents until after it was legalized because, quote, you don't want to rock the boat. And I wonder how common that that line of thinking is. It's the same way of we don't make waves. Got it. It's the same way of we don't want to stir things up. But doesn't that hold you back in a lot of ways? Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, there's a reason why the Asian American narrative hasn't really been. We touched. I touched upon this on our Asian no, yeah, Asian you, American identity crisis, where the Asian American narrative there is none in America, really, truly. Right. No, you're it's right. Only beginning I hear now, you. and you and you put that and you take that across the board. Right. You apply that to cannabis. It's the same thing. Even though I'm sure Asian people, Asian Americans, have been smoking illegally, you know, since right. before. <laughs> then, like, but apparently. Not. I hear you. I hear you. I just, I don't know. I feel yeah, like. I know. Tell me about it. I, it's one thing that I, I think it's a strength. I think the idea to become hmm. really disciplined and follow rules and guidelines and having willpower and believing that, what believing that this is the way it is, I think can be a great strength. But I think like anything, 
like any strength overused becomes a weakness. Got it. And I think that rigidness, that inability to be open, to try new things, to make waves has really held us back in politics. Yeah. In media, yeah. You know, and I think people are now finally with social media and other artists having an outlet. But I think people are also really tired. Yeah. And mad and probably angry. And mm-hmm. so they're starting things and making their own businesses and creating change. Well, yeah, because I mean, ultimately, Finally. if you don't make waves, then you're not heard. I mean, look at the amount of noise that we live in in the USA in general. Yeah. There's just, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much information that's out there being disseminated a lot. Americans in general are right. fighting to be heard. Right. And I think if you don't make a considerable amount of noise and wave that your your problems don't get paid attention to. I completely agree. And so I, I, I appreciate and respect the Asian cultures not wanting to make waves and keeping to yourself. But I wonder if it's almost like to a detriment or to a hindrance here in the United States. Yeah, I also think it came from a time where if you did make waves, you would get reprimanded because you were an outsider. Got it. And I think now we are part of America. Mm-hmm. We make up small portion, you know, still about 6%, but but we're part of it. We're part of America's history. Right. And so now we can't keep thinking and acting like we did back then. Like, let's not make waves because we're going to get deported. They're going right. to send us back. They're going to do a Chinese Exclusion Act. They're not going to allow us to come into this country. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. You know? So... I think there's a little bit of the old mentality still well and alive uh, because, I mean, if there's, there was a 2016 UC Berkeley poll mm-hmm. of Calif- California voters, because mm-hmm. Berkeley's in California, um, and uh, 64 of respondents supported legalization, but out of those 64, only 50% of Asian Americans did the lowest of all racial groups polled. That's insane. Yeah. I think that's absolutely insane i know and i can only think that a lot of that is just like nope we don't do that and we don't like that yeah there's not even a, a second thought of yeah it's just it's just absolutely like a, a like a no like a no go like a hard like a, a foot yeah. yeah 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 and i think it, it it does come from the way the culture is it comes from the history of opium it comes from how we are and act and believe in in our belief system around marijuana and Mm -hmm. other drugs. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is there's a ton of Asian Americans smoking. Yeah. And the truth is a lot of old Asian immigrants that are here can really benefit off of CBD oil or lotions or ingesting for or edibles. Yeah, chronic pain. Absolutely. Bath soaks. Totally. Mm -hmm. So anyways, like you said, there's still a long ways to go. Yeah. Let's pull the Let's leave Canada and let's come back down to California, though, because there's some cool stuff happening in California among Asian American activists and Asian Americans who want to smoke weed that we should talk about. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start with Ophelia Chang or shall I start with Dr. Floyd Wen? Let's start with Dr. Floyd Wen. Okay, so Dr. Floyd Wen is an Asian American activist and he is coaxing Asian Americans to smoke more weed. (laughs) <laughs> I just like this old old Chinese doctor. Well, I mean he he's Smoke got some weed. He's got some pretty great points. So he wants to open up a dispensary in a pretty pretty highly densely Asian American area, yeah, shall we say? In San Francisco, right? Yes. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of pushback from the Asian community. But 70-year-old Wen, a medical advisor for the Apothecarium Patient Collective, that's what the dispensary or clinic would be called, it is, says that the attitudes unjustly block Asian Americans from the medical benefits of cannabis. Mm. Sunset District residents, that's the district that the clinic would be in, Sunset District residents who do do use cannabis include many of Wen's Chinese-speaking patients. They have to travel far to access uh, quality dispensaries that also may or may not speak their native language. Right, so it's hard for them to... Exactly. He says, quote, I define it as a civil rights issue if the Chinese community in particular continues to obstruct and and be unfriendly to all options. He says he and other activists are on a mission to shatter the stigma. So when plans to do so largely through the clinic that he plans to set up on the apothecarium sunset, uh, which he would co-own with his wife, who is the former mayor of Oakland, Jean Kwan. Awesome. Let's just like stop right there. Yeah, that's amazing. Those are like boss Asian grandpas and grandma cares (laughs) boss moves for real the dispensary would be a San Francisco would be San Francisco's first partially Chinese owned and bilingual dispensary awesome it would offer services in Cantonese and Mandarin as well as partner with traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and Chinese American physicians host community workshops on acupuncture including how to use it with cannabis for chronic pain traditional practitioners could also hold off Office hours at the dispensary. I love what this couple is doing. I know. I love it because I think all too often when we think about doctors and medical practitioners who use weed, you often get the white hippie granola doctor image. Uh. And I know that, like, for people of my mother's generation, like older black people, that image doesn't fly. Uh, You know what I mean? I think that representation stretches even to your weed clinic. I think the representation stretches to who is owning and operating the clinics. I think that is so vastly important. Mm -hmm. And I love that Dr. Huen and Mrs. Kwan, Mm -hmm. we'll call her, I love that they're taking action. They're stepping up. They're taking this very large problem in their community and they're doing something about it. Right. I also like that they're sort of mending the two worlds together, which is like... The herbs, right? With the other herbs, mm-hmm. you know, the herbs that Asians well, well welcome and know, right? But also paired with certain herbs can only make you feel better for sure. And when I read about that, I was like, "Duh! Why didn't anyone think of that sooner?" I know, like, right? How awesome! Like, I want to go there. Like, I just want right. to hang out and learn. I don't even speak Cantonese and Mandarin. I just want to be there just to like be. <laughs> Just to experience, right. well, because I wonder what that experience is like. Yeah, it, I bet it's. I bet it's for anyone who doesn't really speak English, and wants and needs try an opportunity and alternative medicine, mm-hmm. which Asian people are all about alternative medicine. Right. <laughs> and I've been to a ton of clinics in Los Angeles, and they they're all great, but they all sort of have a very similar vibe and energy. Yeah, I see. And so I would be interested to know how the energy would change yeah, at Apothecarium Sunset. Mm, let's go there. Just saying. Yeah. I'm throwing it to you, girl. Uh, what speaking, you got? Speaking of Oakland, though, I just wanted to touch this, these two kind of came together there is in oakland a group of cannabis entrepreneurs called supernova women i'm already into it 
they are working to address these inequalities that on the business starting side of how to get into cannabis. There's mm. not a lot of people of color. Right. And then three women of color right up our alley. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really want to do their best to increase their number of people of color in the cannabis industry. And they also want to make this industry accessible to those who are were affected by the war on drugs. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Oh. really awesome. Cool. I think. And, I, and they were talking about how as a person of color to start a, a cannabis business, you know, you are way more less likely to be approved for a loan. Right. You are way more likely, way less likely to have or to get access or have any funding hmm. for all of this just because of your color. Yeah. This applies for yellow and black and Latino and anyone else out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, Supernova Women and another group Asian Americans for Cannabis Education are working closely together to sort of really allow people of color to also make their mark and allow this diversity to be in the industry of cannabis because all kinds of people smoke, right? Right. So all kinds of people should sell it. Right. And make exactly. it. Right. Totally. It just makes sense. Definitely. Um, so Asian American for Cannabis Education was founded by and others, but the, the the one who sort of comes out the most is Ophelia Chang. Ugh. Who is amazing and Chang or Chong? Chong? I think it's Chong. Okay, Ophelia yeah. Chong. Oh you're right, Chong. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Chong. Uh she graduated from Art Center of College Design, which is our little neighbor Dude. right here, right with Pasadena. Amazing. She also way, way, way back in the eighties actually produced Madame Butterfly yep. and then fell in love with David Henry Huang mm-hmm. and married him. That's amazing. What the heck? And the- well, Ophelia herself is an interesting character. She She's is. a very interesting character. Sorry, I totally like her interview when she was talking about the white person. Mm-hmm. I just she seems. I, I definitely fangirled after reading about her and prepping this episode for sure. I'm sorry she seems though. Like a super dope. She is like old lady, but wants to be. She'd be great as a guest on this show. She would. Like she was super up my alley. But anyways, uh, keep going. So she started. I guess her bio kind of started there. But after graduating from Arts Center College Design, she traveled the world for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Yeah. Fell in love with photography. Um, has Is so reputable as a director of, like, like creative writing um, at CalArts. Mm-hmm. Just, it just has so much experience and has worked in so many different avenues. That's I what I think is the most interesting. Like, she just jumps from one career to another to another. And I think that's what makes her such an interesting person. Well, but also when you have a finger in a lot of different pots, you gain a lot of, like, perspective. Yeah, and, and she's working closely with the LGBTQ community now. Yeah. Like, just really, really... Uh, like, you listen to her and you see her and you just, like, you know this woman knows her shit. For sure. You know? uh, she is the founder of Stock Pot Images. The only <laughs> stock images to have images of people and weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually had to go through three or four banks to get funding for Stock Pot Images I'm because they surprised. didn't understand of course what her didn't. business was about. Of course they didn't. And it took her several tries to finally get funding for it. Which... Why would old white men <laughs> old understand? White old white men, old white banks, old... why would they even understand that? And she kept saying over and over again, like, I'm not close to the weed. I just take pictures of the weed. Right. Right? Like, right. she had a, 
explain herself over and over and over again. Uh, she also founded, so again, I touched upon Asian American for Cannabis Education, which is so cool. It's an, it's on, it's an, it's, it's a website, but it features, I think, at least like 30 Asian Americans. Something like that. Across the country and maybe even Canada, sort of connecting us to what they do. And, and she goes and she interviews every single one of them. And then she sort of tells us what their service is based in the interview. Cool. It's really awesome. And I did not know there were so many Asian Americans doing so much. I was mind blown. I didn't either. There's like a bunch of people doing um, uh, like weed apparel. So like fashion, yeah. you know. Um, Socks, shirts, hoodies. Yeah. yeah tracksuits. There's, there's people that are developing apps that are making the ways to get weed or to find out about weed easier and faster. And mm -hmm. these are all Asian Americans. Great. And a bunch of them graduated from Harvard Law. I mean, that doesn't like, surprise me, though, because you're talking about, I mean, in, in specifically the technology portion. I mean, Asian people have always been at the forefront of technology for right. years. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that they're utilizing that expertise that some of them have and putting it towards a, a burgeoning industry that is only going to be more and more lucrative mm -hmm. as the years go on. And they got into it early, which yeah. is the other, I think, the most important thing. I completely agree. Because if you're getting into the weed game now, one could argue it's kind of too late. Mm -hmm. One could argue that the weed game is pretty saturated if you're looking to make serious money that you've got to get creative and you've got to get uh, ahead of the curve in a way about how you want to monetize your interest in weed or your business idea about weed. I know. I think it's super cool. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, there was this wonderful article featuring Sunday School, which is a cannabis lifestyle brand catering to Asian Americans. I think this was a Huffington Post article. So they produce their own smoking apparel and accessories inspired by the streets of Seoul, South Korea. Dope. The company places a heavy emphasis on fashion, but co-founder Day Lim says there's a greater mission behind the brand, which is fittingly celebrating its first anniversary on Friday, 420, with a pop-up shop in Brooklyn. Woo! In a cannabis industry heavily dominated by white businesses, Lim says he hopes to promote more Asian-American visibility. He told Huffington Post it's particularly important to him because Asian-Americans are so often erased from cannabis culture mm -hmm. and mainstream media as a whole. Because of the model minority myth, Asian-Americans aren't necessarily dealing with being profiled on a plane or people aren't arresting us for no reason on the street. But that doesn't mean our issues aren't real, Lim said, because muted yellow voices and yellow invisibility is real in America. Mm -hmm. Asian American cannabis culture has been bubbling up for some time. However, the herb is still frowned upon by many in the Asian community, in part as a painful consequence of the opium wars, which has left a lasting impression across Asia. Damn, the I think, opium wars made a, a very significant portion yeah, of the older generation yeah, I, very vulnerable. Right? I think he summed it all up. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's this like, it's this like thing about our culture that's just like flip like you know mm -hmm. like, and no like absolutely never again never the possibilities yeah and i think now with asian americans coming to america and experiencing that possibility mm -hmm. that it's not so bad i also think the stereotype die. of the, not gonna go to hell right <laughs> i think the stereotype of the the dirty pothead or the dirty stoner is also still very prevalent for some older generations, yeah. not just Asians, but right. I know black people alike as right. well. And so I think that if we could start to un to start to dismantle those 
really generalized stereotypes yeah. that don't that aren't the same today as they right. were in the reefer madness era for sure we would be doing our younger generations across the board like a very serious o- service like almost become disillusioned to that you know because yeah that's not true that's not the truth anymore for sure but it's still prevalent somehow and, and don't get it twisted cheech and chong are millionaires okay like you can say whatever you want about potheads but those potheads are multi-millionaires yeah don't get me wrong as artists i mean music and rap yeah and fashion all this stuff i mean yeah it's a lot of we that goes into there absolutely so. and you can be stoned and you can be productive there you go guys. i'm just saying <laughs> you, sure can. you can't Definitely. be you can be productive and, and drunk oh, no you? you cannot no <laughs> so just saying i, I can't i, I can't yeah. no 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 yeah. i'd smoke i'd rather smoke weed than drink any day of the week that is for sure oh same here a thousand times well, happy 420, y'all. Happy 420, guys. That's our episode. We wanted to keep it light. We wanted to keep yes, it fun. Pay attention to your laps. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let those vongs fall on the ground. Don't. <laughs> if you're doing a, a weed smoking marathon, good luck. We will see you on the other side. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you liked this episode. It was produced by Christian Humes at Zeit Heist. Wonderful producer. Thank you so much. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. You can find us on Apple iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. Please rate and read view us we love to know what you think it helps us get more viewers and bump us up and keep this baby growing and, and, and feeding yeah and feel free <laughs> to hit the little subscribe button so we're yeah. in your ear once a week we mm-hmm. promise we're, we're great guests for your little earbuds <laughs> just say it yeah we sure are anyways guys have a good one happy 420 we'll talk to you next week bye bye bye